gentlemen, ladies, what if Superman had decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the Oval Office? Who would have stopped him? build a team of some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. What? This is the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You got a boyfriend? You irritate or vex me. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. You don't own me. If they get caught, we throw them under the bus. What a ride! Let's play! Come on, got some better to I love this guy. Not good. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Are you sweet talking me? All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. I was just trying to get you there. You know how it feels, right? We good. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I, 12? How about you, hot stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamien. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello. Um, I, I am excited to... Uh, talk about a movie that I completely forgot how incoherent it was. I remember liking it kind of after the movie and then watching it here. I'm like, this is this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we can talk about it more in depth later. But I'm just excited for the first time in a while having that realization on this podcast. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but before we get into it, guys, what did you watch this week? So... I watched, I, I went on a little bit of a Disney binge. I watched uh, Cruella with Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Is that free yet, or did you buy it? Uh, my Well, I like a true millennial, I used my father-in-law's account, and he <laughs> bought it. So, uh, you know, staying true to that. 
the stereotype. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched it on Disney Plus through his account. Um, wasn't in love with it. I enjoyed it, but it's so ludicrous at times. And a lot of it just kind of made me laugh. The whole point of... Have, have you guys seen it yet? No. Yes, I, I have. Okay, I, I won't spoil it then, but it, it the beginning is so weird. And then the ending is very weird as well. I, lo- I like the punk aspect of it, how Cruella kind of, I guess, invents punk rock in a way. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but Emma Stone was really good in it. Uh, I thought the acting was good. It's just that the story I, I wasn't in love with. Uh, and then Jen and I went and saw Jungle Cruise in theaters. And again, it was fine. I, I think I gave it like a six and a half out of ten. Uh, it had me in the first half. And then there's a, a twist. And I just thought like, God damn it, I've, I've seen this movie. And it, it was kind of disappointing. But I thought The Rock and Emily Blunt were, you know, they, they did very well together. There was good chemistry. But again, like this movie was basically the Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean kind of mixed. I was going to say, one. I saw someone say that it was trying real hard to be the Mummy. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, right down to you, you have a British historian, you know, who's going after this ancient artifact, and she winds up with you know this other, you know, this guy who's you know crude and uh, he's burly and all that. Uh, I can't believe I'm. I'm comparing Brendan Fraser to The Rock here. I, I, I was going to say, think... so a much less handsome guy in this movie. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Brendan Fraser would ever have expected that, or The Rock for that matter. Um, but yeah, uh, it was okay. It was just okay. But you know they're going to make a billion sequels and spinoffs of this, so uh, they'll get their money. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was it for me. Okay, Mark, what about you? Yeah, so um, didn't watch much. Um, I just watched the uh, one movie, but it's more of a sentimental thing. Um, I watched the uh, Birdcage uh, this week. Um, uh, w- without getting too deep, the uh, about a year ago, uh, probably tomorrow from when we record, uh, was when my um, grandmother passed, and you know that was her favorite movie. So I thought I'd watch it as sort of a tribute. So very problematic in most parts um, <laughs> in 2021. But it was, it was, you know, that that connection was mainly why I watched it. But yeah, the I'll, I'll say one movie because I do this a lot on this podcast and to lighten the mood a little bit. I've been considering resubscribing to HBO Max just because I got a, a hankering to watch Princess Mononoke. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I just went, I should pay $15 just to watch that movie. I think it's got a lot of <laughs> Miyazaki movies on there, which yeah. I have never seen a single Miyazaki film. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen Mononoke since I was a kid. But did Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbor yeah. Kotaro, Spirited Ponyo. Away? I don't believe he did Ponyo. Okay. I don't believe he did. So Spirited Away. I've seen and Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen both mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, Mononoke is the only one I've seen, but I only remember bits and pieces. So I think somebody had mentioned Spirited Away or something in a podcast I was listening to, mm-hmm. and it just made me think to do that. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll be talking about that next week because I might get it just to watch the uh, reason we're watching the movie we are watching this week without having to go to the theater. Gotcha. Sure. As for me, I was on a little short vacation, kind of a long weekend, so I didn't watch much. I did a lot of reading, but what I did watch and what I watched with my wife over a span of two and a half days was the Netflix show Outer Banks, at least the second season. Um, If you haven't seen it, it's stupid as hell but 
like thoroughly entertaining and you kind of hate yourself for being entertained by it. But I can't say that it's not like super watchable and super bingeable. Um, it's like a bunch of dumbass towny kids from the Outer Banks trying to like find a buried treasure somewhere. It's got, it's not bad. It's stupid as hell. It's frustrating at times because people make some of the worst decisions ever. Um, they're over, always in over their heads, and every time they, every time they succeed in doing something, something else goes wrong. And it's one of those kinds of shows. But it's like hot people doing things, so it's one of those shows. But it's entirely, entirely watchable. Um, and that was it. I did the book I read this week. It's it's kind of cinematic, so I talk about it here. It's called My Best Friend's Exorcism, and it's like what if Stranger Things and Jennifer's body had a baby? Because uh, it takes place in the eighties. It's about two friends, and one of them gets possessed by a demon. It's really readable. It was a lot of fun. Um, I read it over. Spoilers like, for Jennifer's body. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to spoil the very basic premise of the actual <laughs> movie um, of a 12 year old movie. No, no less. But yeah. Um, what a good movie, though. I love that movie. I know. I feel like I've been on this bandwagon forever and everybody's just jumping on now. Oh, I, I saw it, I think, maybe a year after it came out. And I was like, this is like great horror cheese, man. It's I mm-hmm. love it. And Megan Fox is very, very good in it. Yeah, it's great. Well, I I got that from Netflix when Netflix was still handing out DVDs. I guess it still does, but um, but when I was still getting Blu-rays from them, I watched that. Did we watch that together, Rant? We might have. Yeah. yeah, that sounds that was, familiar. I was still living at home. Yeah, I, that might have been one of the because I remember the first time I ever saw Dawn of the Dead. The the no 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 yeah Dawn of the Dead. Uh, was at your house. I'd never seen mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead. So when you'd come by after working with Mr. Henry and we'd watch a whole bunch of movies, including Black yes. Devil Doll. Remember Black <laughs> Devil Doll? <laughs> I do. I'll never forget Black Devil Doll. <laughs> I don't, I what was the whole point of that? Uh, of why we watched it? or Yeah. Uh, I think I read an article about how crazy it was. So I was like, oh, it's all, for some reason, Netflix has it. So I'm going to get it and watch it. And I think we watched like 45 minutes of it and we turned it off because we felt very unclean. Yeah, it's super dirty. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, good it's, times. I don't even know how to describe that movie, really. Yeah. You're probably not better off for watching it. You might go to <laughs> hell. Regard- even if hell doesn't exist, you're going somewhere bad. We're going something. <laughs> We're somewhere not good. Exist. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I watched. Outer Banks, I did some reading. I did a bunch of drink- day drinking this weekend, so that's always good. Um, but that's about it. That's all my weekend. So we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some ads, and hopefully you guys are going to click on those ads and listen to them later, and you can pay those bills. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was not so much anybody's pick, more than it was a Hail Mary, because... I didn't have time to watch a movie twice, let alone a new movie. So we decided to go back to our old tricks and watch a movie that is related to a new release. We decided this week to go back to the good old year of 2016 and watch the theatrical version of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. The before times. The before times. <laughs> so, gentlemen, 
where are you coming from with the theatrical version of David Ayer's Suicide Squad? Uh, I, I love how you have to point out the theatrical version because six six months from now there might that might be a thing. It might be like I, well, which Suicide Squad did you guys watch? I am praying beyond all hope because I know it's going to happen. But I am praying that after this weekend, that won't even be a thing anymore. The air cut will die a horrible death because the suicide James Gunn Suicide Squad will just take it and crumple it up and toss it in the trash. I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. I don't. I, I've seen what he talks about. There's a beautiful movie in there. There wasn't a beautiful movie anywhere in this movie. As a society, we have to realize things are going to fail, okay? And it you know how sometimes when a famous person goes to a, a, a college and they, they read like the commencement speeches and all that, mm-hmm. sometimes they say, it's okay to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. That's this. It's okay for this. It's okay for Suicide Squad to have failed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, this movie failed so that James Gunn's version could succeed. All right. <laughs> um, I was very disappointed when this first came out because I remember an earlier uh, version of this podcast. We spoke about it when the trailer had dropped, and the trailer looked really good. And I, I was, I thought this was going to break the streak of really shitty DC movie, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, of course wrong. <laughs> and I was really disappointed because I thought, you know, we'll finally get to see villain, and they'll be the the, the focal point mm-hmm. instead of just the heroes. But they treat the villains like heroes, and I think therein lies the major problem. These guys are some of the... Deadshot's a hitman. Harley Quinn is a, a mass murderer psychopath. You have a, a kill... One of their names is Killer Croc. And you just like, oh, we're f- supposed to feel sympathetic for these people. That's not interesting. I don't, I don't care that Deadshot has a daughter. I mm-hmm. want to see him kill dudes in really specific ways. And you really don't get all of that. You just get him shooting a bunch of times. Like, oh, all right, cool. But uh, yeah, just overall, this movie was a gigantic disappointment. And I want it to go away. <laughs> okay. Uh, when's the last time you had seen this before we watched this? In theaters, when it came out. Okay, so you haven't seen it since? Since 2016. Okay, question for you, because I know you're not very... You're very cold on Birds of Prey. Does this movie, watching it again, does it tick bring that rating of Birds of Prey up anymore? Does it bring it down anymore? What does it affect the rating of Birds of Prey for you? Yes, I, I will say it does improve it slightly okay. because well, one we there's no Jared Leto. That's phenomenal. That's <laughs> the best part of Birds of Prey that they got rid of all traces of Jared Leto's Joker. That's worth three points, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a double thumbs up for do even the cartoon that they have at the beginning of Birds of Prey is the classic Joker and not Jared Leto's Joker. That's how badly they wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. Perfect. So much so that they brought him back so he could do a Heath Ledger impression for <laughs> for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And the other reason, and I know this is a hot take, I thought Harley Quinn was incredibly annoying in the movie. Uh, I liked her so much better in Birds of Prey. Okay. But, oh my god, everything she says is just like a one-liner that kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, I've been known to be vexing. Like, oh, jeez. It, it pained not, me. Yeah, it has not aged very well. Um, it, it hasn't, because she's done better performances. Yeah. What about you, Mark? 
Oh, I'm just glad to now I know settings on dryers and washers and stuff in this movie. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I have to go uh, check my dryer to see if there's a normal setting. Normal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, we had actually seen this together in theaters um, when it first came out. Yeah, and as I said, when I I think I agree with Dan. I'm much more hotter on Birds of Prey than Dan is um, in in terms of the movie, but I agree 100 percent with him that that movie makes Margot Robbie's performance in this movie seem much worse. Um, and I don't know if it's because she became she was producer on birds of prey right or like sort of involved in that i'm sure she got an ep credit yeah maybe she got her hands a little more on the character i know the attire was definitely probably not her choice in this movie um (laughs) but yeah i think birds of prey really hurts um the already not top level thing that this movie is um i thought it was fun at first because i um was real i really liked the uh you know, Margot Robbie's, um, you know, Harley Quinn in this. And, you know, I had, um, you know, Will Smith's just one of those actors that even if he's not right for the role or terrible, it's not a bad performance. Mm-hmm. Somebody said that he's 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 got a little bit of that Nick Cage in him that you can put him in any role and he'll be OK. But if he finds the role that fits him, he's amazing mm-hmm. um, in it. And I very much felt that in this movie. I think where it really uh, falls flat is I think this movie could have gotten a point or so better if they had a better flag um, than the actor for this, um, Mm. because he was not intimidating to any of those guys at all. Mark, before you go any further, do you happen to know the name of the actor off the top of your head? For flag? Yeah. No, I don't. I looked it up, but I don't remember it. I'm not putting you on the spot because before you joined the chat, I had this exact same statement to Dan. So I looked it up, yeah. I saw it was Joel Kinnaman, and two minutes later, I immediately forgot what his name was. <laughs> honest yeah. to God, honest to God, when you asked Mark, I drew a blank. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the weakest part. Well, there's, there's other weaker parts, but in terms of the casting, you know, that's the one role that needs, needs to be better mm-hmm. um, than it is. Um, I mean, Viola Davis is perfect in what that, Basically, she's a sociopath, essentially, um, you know, um, you know, uh, she just kills the staff because they knew too much mm-hmm. um, it, when they rescue her. Um, she plays that perfectly. Uh, and then he was just so flat. And so the only time he was kind of OK was the shooting range scene with Deadpool and uh, not Deadpool. Jesus. Deadshot. Deadshot. Yeah. Um, but after that, it's like I. I didn't get it at all. And um, I also didn't know what the direction for Jay Hernandez was as Diablo, <laughs> mm. because I think they just told him you're sad now. That's the character. <laughs> yeah. Go. Question for you, Mark. Yeah. Is is the other uh, bad casting Jai Courtney? And well, why, I, he's, why is it Jai Courtney? He's like automatically a bad casting no matter what. So what I, movie I have he's it in. written. I have it written down. There isn't a movie Jai Courtney can't be the worst part in. Yeah, he, he was already a a bad choice. Um, yeah, I think the 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 other um, the other choice I didn't like was the um, just the characterization or the actor that was doing Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. I thought it was way too cliche and stereotyping. And um, apparently, crocodiles. Unless I don't know this guy's backstory, but. 
I don't know if they're insinuating that crocodiles are black in that, but I don't know, like, because they didn't explain much. It was just like, oh, he was born like this, uh, you know. Based on David Ayer's screenwriting record, yeah. um, I don't know how great he is with the race relations. <laughs> just oh, that no. <laughs> every every single movie of his takes place in East L.A. and he hasn't met a cholo he didn't love. <laughs> Um, if you told me that Diablo was a character created specifically for this movie and David Ayer created him, wouldn't be a surprise because that is a David Ayer character. Yeah. Look at the Joker. The Joker, the Joker. Is Cholo Joker. <laughs> He's Latin King's yeah. Joker. Yeah. It's so stupid. Oh, God. Every scene. Okay, it makes sense in... now. Yeah. Is... Oh, yeah. This is the guy that wrote Training yeah. Day. And okay. Okay. Kings, okay. And harsh times and end of watch. <laughs> all these movies. Apparently, he grew up in that neighborhood, yeah. so he thinks he's like one of them. We, but he's still a white guy. We, yeah. we have to know. We, he wants us to know. He's from the streets, y'all. Yeah. All right. I thought he was Hispanic, but no, he's just a white dude. He's a white dude. Yeah. David Ayer is here. is a white guy, and it makes me uncomfortable. That makes it. <laughs> That makes it so much better. It makes it so much better because now, it, like, that's why his movies are all kind of shit. Yeah, he grew up in yeah. Bloomington, Minnesota. Oh, oh, that's where, like, that's the hardest part of the streets to grow yeah. up in. He was kicked out of his house by his parents as a teenager and lived with his cousin in Los Angeles, California. After that, but yeah. Once you told me you, once you tell me you grew up in Minnesota. You get zero street cred. You have negative street cred at that point. <laughs> I'm fairly sure we have more street cred than he does. Yeah. <laughs> Before we uh, get away from it, I will say the my cool favorite part of this movie and the I guess backstory of characters in general. It's I just love the idea of a sword that traps souls in it. Yeah. That is. She just... should have had more. I you know I forgot that character existed in this movie. <laughs> I, I I don't know so much about the character, but just that concept. Maybe it's, it's from doing D, uh, DMing Dungeons and Dragons a while. And mm -hmm. Just thinking of all the stuff you could do with an yeah. object like that and story purposes. Yeah, and... sure. It is also one of the worst parts of this movie, though. When he has to, I also like when he has to re-explain it too later on. Yeah, in the same. I go, yeah. <laughs> by the way, and her husband's soul's in there. Two appearances that I completely forgot about. You know, there's oh, yeah. Scott Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, who says nothing? What are you yep. doing here? It's like, oh, are you, are you, oh, so you're doing that, you're going to do the thing that, uh, what's his name, uh, it, the, isn't the guy that played Superman going to possibly be in Marvel too? Henry well? Cavill and, always Henry almost Cavill. gets cast as everything, though, that's, yeah. yeah, he's very, he's always in the rumor mill. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's he was got almost back. He was almost James Bond at one point is what I yeah, heard as well. I mean, because no one's got any creativity. It's like, well, there's a yeah. white guy with dark hair, probably should be in pretty good shape. So do you think Henry Cavill will do it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, he shoot he's shooting the Witcher season three. Like, oh, who's next on the list? I don't even know who would be next. Uh, Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's probably be too oh, expensive for this movie. Yeah. So Millie Bobby Brown's not big enough. So who else? <laughs> one one of the issues I had with this movie was so you know in each of the Avengers movies each character has like a really cool like whoa mo moment you know everyone kind of gets their own moment yeah uh, mm -hmm. you know what Killer Croc's moment was in this movie when he, he does that little wiggle when he goes down into the subway he can swim. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That 
that's his contribution to the Suicide Squad. He he's really good at swimming, and and he doesn't do shit for that that moment either. He no. gets taken by those raspberry heads. Right. Yeah, he gets captured, yeah. and and then Captain Boomerang. His moment. He has he's a, drone. a drone. He has a drone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he also gets Slipknot killed. Yeah. Oh God, can we talk about that? What a fucking uh, waste. Was that Lou Diamond <laughs> Phillips? No, it's no, Adam, it was Beach. Adam Beach. Adam okay, Beach yeah. has, I think there was a series of movies that Adam Beach has gotten cut out of it, and I think this is one of them. Well, but he, he was in uh, Joe Dirt, right? He was Joe He He's was Kicking Wing. Kicking Wing yeah. and Joe Dirt, absolutely, yeah. For me, ah, this movie is Trainwreck. It's, it's a shitty movie, and what's sad is it's not the worst DC movie. Um, yeah. Now, now it's not even the second worst DC movie. Now, after the fact, because Justice League is worse. I think I think Dawn of Justice is worse than this. Yeah. Um, I can't help but be like. So I was going through my review of it that I wrote back in 2016, and one of the things I said is like, as long as I get, if I get a good half hour of Harley Quinn, uh, I'd be okay with it. And that's more or less what I got. I think her performance does not hold up after five years, and I think part of it. I do seem to remember that they had originally planned for her not to do the accent, if I remember correctly. And then in reshoots, they're like, you need to do the accent because Batman versus Superman, everyone hated that. So we kind of need to remember things that they people liked, like Harley Quinn. Remember the remember the show that Harley Quinn was from? Why don't we get her to do that accent? Um, and I think it comes through because I don't I don't feel like that accent is there or as heavy as it is in in the in the beginning, it's not really that heavy, and then everything after after like the first forty minutes, it's super thick. Yeah. Um, like when she's in the prison at first, she doesn't have the accent really. It's it's very subtle if it's there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like Viola Davis is great in it. Margot Robbie's good in it. Will Smith is good in it, and that's about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I the I don't hate Jack Courtney in this. I know Dan, you are you are the biggest Jai Courtney hater uh i i think this is his most tolerable because he's doing a tom hardy impression which would have been weird because i'm pretty sure tom hardy was originally supposed to be cast as rick flag who obviously would have been a much better rick flag than the guy we can't remember his name is um i think he's doing tom hardy impression which kind of works in this movie it does it doesn't it doesn't stand out as something that i hate in this movie um yeah uh it's a mess the, it doesn't even make any sense in terms of the point of this movie because you're they're going up against the metahuman that is trying to end the world and like you've got one guy that can shoot fire that's about it yeah <laughs> uh, there's the logic of it doesn't make any sense i mean i know it's supposed to just be an extraction it's escape from new york they're going into this this rundown city mid-city because amanda waller spoiler alert is basically stuck um, so it's just supposed to be in and out, but becomes bigger. Um, but man, you gotta gotta call the Flash because he's doing shit around <laughs> already. Um, and maybe get a hold of Aquaman. You know, it's a little bit too early, but yeah, you probably need somebody more than a girl in clown makeup with a baseball bat. I, uh, I think therein lies the major problem. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's like it's got to be a smaller story. It's got to be like Dirty Dozen. Like yeah. you guys are going to Tehran and you got to like assassinate this uh, this guy that's like the leader of this terrorist organization that's blowing up buildings all over Gotham City or something like that. 
needs to be something like that. Yeah. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but yep. that's what this new movie is. It right. looks like you're going to stop a, like a homicidal general. Yeah. Um, and that's what the, that's what the, I, I'm pretty sure that's what the Suicide Squad is in the comics. I, I've only read so much. I think I, the most I've read was like the new 52 comic stuff. So right around this year, this, uh, this movie, I guess. Yeah. yeah I'm more covert operation. Yeah. I never hated that this movie. I still don't. I still think it's trash. It's garbage, but I don't hate it. Um, it's too long. Uh, I think most movies are too long. If you cut you cut the Joker out of this movie, you probably have a better movie. You probably have more time that you can give to the important people because if you're gonna make a Harley Quinn movie, make a fucking Harley Quinn movie and do the backstory there. Don't get waste precious screen time for her backstory in this movie because you're wasting more important stuff you know yeah but that's it i i I think this movie tried a little bit too hard to be guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with like the the music cues music cues Um, are a lot yeah and they're and it's it's good music but i kind of hate it in this movie it doesn't fit yeah it's it's uh, and to you know david ayer has said that he never intended for any of that music to be in his movie so, um, you know, I, 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 can we not talk? We, we kind of have to not skip around that fact that the, the air cut is coming out or yeah. the, the talk about the air cut is becoming more and more. And I just think it's kind of just shitty because he, he started it, it kind of died down and it started back up again when he sees that another filmmakers, the Suicide Squad is getting good reviews. I think that's kind of like a shitty thing yeah. is when you also add to the fact that he was, the guy that yelled out fuck Marvel at a screening of Suicide Squad. So it's also like, hey, those are other filmmakers on the other side and you're telling them to go fuck themselves because, I don't know, you love Warner Brothers, you know, right. in 2016? Because <laughs> it doesn't sound like you did. Um, I, I, I think the problem is when you know, like he tweets about this stuff where he's like, you know what, I, have a, I had a beautiful movie somewhere in there and he's talking about this, that, and the other thing. I get that you had a different vision, but what what was filmed and what could have possibly have been left out? I can't imagine what was left out could have saved what was there. Like, right. The, the story is so so boring, and it the the the, the editing is so mishmashed. Terrible. It, yeah. It like there's weird color effects in it, and the dialogue is poor. Right. What are you adding? Okay, so maybe we get a little bit more of like Deadshot's backstory or the Enchantress's backstory, but who gives a shit? They're yeah. all boring. Yeah, it's also like that's not the problem that we have with this movie. It's like right. What a what a dull what a dull setting this movie takes place. Are you going to tell me that you fixed that? Like it's all just not a bombed out city with uh, faceless minions that are just cannon fodder. Um, are you telling us that the Jared Leto Joker that is completely an extra from one of your movies isn't in it and it's or it's a different interpretation <laughs> in your air cut movie? Like he's not a Latin King pimp. Um, I, I find it hard to believe if you tell me if you tell me there's less of him. OK, it's like, OK, well, that is an improvement. Or if you tell me there's more of him, that's that's not an improvement. I don't want to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does Maybe there's more Ike Berenholtz in it? Does Enchantress still do that weird shimmy dance throughout the the third act? Because that wouldn't make it better. 
if you kept it in there. It's like these are the weird things that have are decisions that somebody made. And what it's what annoys me is that then take your name off the movie. I mean, I know like like I I posted those tweets that he posted in 2016 and was like, well, I didn't make this for the critics when it was getting the shit kicked out of it. I made it for the fans. I love this movie. I stand by this movie. It's like that's a different tune that you're singing now. And I I get I get it's got to be hard to go through a movie and then have people like tear it apart because it that's what exactly what happened, right? Um he had a cut, studio made a cut. They showed both of them to um to test audiences and then they combined the cuts and they put it in the hands of people that only edited trailers. That's that's what happened. That's we knew that in 2016. Yeah. And it's got to be hard to to do that, but like I think I said it on a previous podcast, Edgar Wright walked away from Ant-Man because he wasn't he wasn't able to create the movie that he wanted to. Like, you know, people have been fired from movies because they wouldn't make the cut that the studio wanted them to make. And from all intents and per all from all indications, you did exactly what the studio wanted you to do. I mean, that's kind of now you can't just retcon everything and say, well, you know, that wasn't really the movie I wanted to make because you you sat there and you let it happen. And then you stood out in front of it and you said, this is a movie I'm proud of. And it's not for, I don't care what the critics say about this movie. It's really for the fans. That's that's who's going to love this movie. You should have just came right out and said, I hate this movie. This movie's shitty. Uh, well, Bill, Josh Trank did that for fan fan four stick. Yeah, just say it. This movie sucks. It's not what the movie I like. I would I would have so much more respect for him if he did that. Like this is the movie I wanted did? to make. He did. He stood on the shoulders of Zack Snyder when he saw how everyone was, you know, up his ass. Like, oh, we release the Snyder cut. Release. Well, hey guys, wait a minute. I have a cut too. Let's get behind me as well. And of course, yeah. people did because they they can't take their affiliate with the. the the group that they affiliate themselves with not being up the snuff. They take it as a personal slight. Oh, these people don't know. These critics, what the fuck do they know? They don't understand everything. They like just the Marvel, you know, bright and shiny stuff. Like These are real movies. The, the directors are making real movies and the, the studios are destroying them. No, no, they're not. And again, from everything I've heard about, I still haven't seen Snyder Cut and God willing, I never will. Um, it was an improvement, yes, but would it have made a huge difference in the outcome? Most likely not. Are you going right. to tell me that's, that the, the air cut would make a drastic change and a drastic improvement? I highly doubt it. You're going right. to get yeah. it. Did they recast Flag in the air cut? <laughs> that's the Tom right. Hardy cut, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but listen, like these people I'm are going to bitch and moan. Hardy. They're going to bitch and moan. Air's going to get... $10 million to do whatever he wants to cut or whatever, you know, it'll come out and it'll be fine. And then its numbers yeah. are just going to fucking tank. It's going to tank. Snyder cut lost out to Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, that's, it's a four hour that's what they movie. Want you, that's what, that's what Warner brother wants you to think, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what that's they what want Warner you to want. think. They're tanking the numbers because they don't want any, but I, I don't even understand the, the logic is because they the don't, numbers? they don't want, Zack Snyder to prove them wrong. Right. So that they're going they're going to tank their own movie. That they sank an additional seventy million dollars. Yeah. Why would they self-sabotage? No one hates someone that much. Right? Yeah, it's like like they 
they should be riding the wave of the goodwill that garners them that after they've given somebody $70 million to recut and finish a movie that came out four years prior. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's it's insanity. Nothing will ever please these. No, and that's and why I, we hate you guys. <laughs> yeah, but keep and listening a, and keep downloading. And if you if you go have a little bit of time, go on iTunes and give us five star rating. Well, uh, here's the thing: I would love if someone out there listens to this and and your Snyder Bros or I Ayer Bros is that a thing? I don't know. It doesn't flow as much as uh, Snyder Bro. But mm-hmm. if you are a fan of that. Fight us. Fight <laughs> yes. us. Just debate us. I would love to hear your guys' takes yeah. on it. No, no, Dan literally means fight us. <laughs> fight us. Yes, <laughs> yeah, fight me. I will meet you at the Denny's uh, on Route 1, and I will fight you. No, I just, I want to hear. I want to know, what is it? Like, oh, you know, I get it. He deserves mm-hmm. to, he deserves to have his vision. Yes and no. Right. Like Anthony said, he could have walked away at any point. And yeah. you stood up for it. You stood up for it. And then when you got the shit kicked out of you, you backed out. You backed up. And now that people were getting behind Snyder, and again, mm-hmm. it always comes back to Snyder. He's the yep. number one problem here. Yeah. It's a, just, it's a lack of integrity. And what, what also, yeah. it's like, you know, there's these, always these guys. And it's probably like, you know, they're not two complete circles on like the, that Venn diagram of Venn like, diagram. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, when Black Widow was coming out, she had like an interview where she talked about, Iron Man 2 and how she, you know, looking back on it, she kind of feels like, you know, that's not really the movie I, I'm super proud of because I'm kind of treated as a sex object and, you know, like eye candy, really like that. Um, and like if you want, if you scroll through all the comments after that, you read people's own like, well, uh, then give the money back if you're so ashamed of this movie, what, you know, what have <laughs> you. Like, why don't you? I don't see her not giving that money back, you know, I see her cash mm-hmm. and checks. So why don't you just shut your mouth? Where's David? Where's the people saying David Ayer? Well, if you're so ashamed of this movie, then why don't you give the money back, bro? Because they're right. all white dude bros that just stand behind white dude bros. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it, and with, with that, at least with Black Widow, she, uh, Feige saw something else and they, they had the plan and she she became a, a better character. So maybe she had input on that. I, I don't know. But you know, it, is it so far fetched for a woman? Char- I mean, look at Margot Robbie in this. She's mm-hmm. eye candy, specifically eye candy. And I think it's it's not far fetched for a, a, a an actress to just say that. Like, yeah, like that's how I I was portrayed, and I I yeah. wasn't a fan of it. Then she went out and made that girl power Birds of Prey, and it got stomped yeah. by Sonic, baby. <laughs> well, to be fair. I think Birds of Prey was just again. It was a little bit of a uh, the the whole girl power thing is. I don't mind that. Obviously, it yeah, it was perfectly fine. It had a good it had a good villain. It was just a, a little bit of a mess. The characters were kind of eh, but it, it's Sonic, way better than this. Sonic came in and saved us, bros. <laughs> Won that fight, didn't we, fellas? Yeah, buddy. Ooh, that boy. an elite an elite of Battle Angel took down Captain Marvel. Yeah. Did it? I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> but that's the weird... Fuck. Yeah, I never got that. There's weird fucking factions on Twitter, man. Yeah. I don't have time to go into all of them, but you could check out our Patreon episode where we do go through all of them. <laughs> who, who wins? Uh, clown girl or one speedy blue boy? <laughs> so, Suicide Squad from 2016 was directed by David Ayer, maybe writer of U571. <laughs> 
Training Day, SWAT, Dark Blue, also the director of Harsh Time, Street Kings, Fury, Bright, and End of Watch. Stars, Will Smith, Jared Leto, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, Jai Courtney, Cara Delevingne, Joel Kinnaman, Jay Hernandez, Scott Eastwood for some reason, and Karen Fukuhara has an IMDb score of 5.9 and a Rotten Tomato score of 26%. Budget, $175 million. But box office, it made $325 million domestic and $746 million worldwide. So, despite it being a piece of shit, it was a certified hit. Now, the question, is David Ayer the uh, Stephen King of L.A.? Yeah, right. Yeah, Everything he does is pretty much L.A. Yeah, it's, uh, and the, you know, the racist stereotypes are probably about the same. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> most likely. I, I forgot I've seen SWAT, and yeah, it, it does not hold up. <laughs> is, that the one, is that the one with LL Cool J? Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, LL Cool J, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Who, and I who feel does like not Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell and... Pacino? No, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, oh. Yeah, your boy. Oh, well, we, that settles it right there. Well, yeah, also, that shit. Jen wanted to point out that uh, Katana murders uh, Yakuza in, in this movie. Okay, good for her. Yeah. We can have a discussion about why that's not the same thing. And it has specifically the fact that uh, he kills Yakuza because Thanos snapped his family out of existence. And that doesn't track in terms of logic. So thanks, Jen. Try again. Uh, But you guys want to get into the plot? Yeah. uh... One quick question. Did you you say Dark Blue or... Oh, no, that's Deep Blue Sea. Never mind. Dark Blue. I was like... Kurt, I think it's okay. Kurt Russell, where he plays like a dirty cop or something okay. like that. I was probably say, in East did LA. Did that shark movie? <laughs> I wish. The shark um, movie that took place in LA. <laughs> I mean, uh, I Dan, in it. Dan, what do you got for us this week? Just going to give a quick shout out to our friends at the Top 10 with Tia. Tia and her co-host, Brittany. They host a weekly podcast called the Top 10 with Tia, where they just run down top 10 lists. So if that's your thing, if you enjoy that, please go give them a listen, download, rate, and review. And you could find Tia on Twitter at Tia underscore or TC underscore Stark. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. 
And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for Suicide Squad. We open on Dayglow colored corporate logos. And then we immediately go to Belrev Prison as the animal's House of the Rising Sun plays. And our first character introduction is Deadshot. And he's given food, played by Will Smith, by the way. He's given food from prison guard Ike Baron Holtz. For some reason, Ike Baron Holtz has a very large part of this movie. <laughs> I, I have written down. Remember when Ike Baron Holtz was a thing? Yep. Like this the, neighbors twenty tens. Yeah. What was the other one? Uh, blockers. Yeah. I, uh, blockers. I had written down neighbors and blockers, and then as soon as he came in, he disappeared. <laughs> like a fart in the wind. <laughs> They jaw at each other until eventually Deadshot is brought into some chair and then gets the shit beat out of him by several guards. And the next music video brings us to Harley Quinn swinging in her cell like a Cirque du Soleil performer as You Don't Know of Me plays. Mike Barinholtz is here again as he basically calls her crazy until she gets electrically shocked by the bars and she gets flashbacks of how she's been treated by the guards until she gets back up and runs headfirst into the bars for some reason on her own volition, knocking herself out again. And then the next music video is Amanda Waller, set to Sympathy for the Devil. Get it? <laughs> she talks about how the world changed when Superman revealed himself and it changed again when he died. And that's why she's here. And the only glimpse of Superman, uh, you know, dying is they just show like uh, like a funeral procession. Mm. Like it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of cops in uniform marching down the street. That was Superman's funeral. Quick cutaway yep. because we don't have the the footage to show that. Yeah. Henry Cavill off making, I don't know, Mission Impossible 7, maybe. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> the man from Uncle, right? That was early. That was earlier. Yeah. That was the before times when people still knew who, who cared who Army Hammer was before oh. he started eating people. <laughs> I was going to say prior to him <laughs> eating his fellow human beings. <laughs> Where is he now, by the way? Is he still in, like, the Galapagos or some shit? Uh, probably, yeah. I'm living He's off hiding. the uh, deodorant fortune. <laughs> That's true, yeah. She has a meeting in a restaurant with some higher-up officials as she discusses the participants of her quote-unquote project. This the combat the chance that the next Superman is a bad guy. And then we have profiles of our characters, and we get introduced to, again to Deadshot, who is basically a hired assassin. We got a scene where he... We see him strong arm a gangster to pay him up front for the murder of a witness. Waller, Waller tells them, the higher ups slash us, about how they caught Deadshot by Batman attacking him in front of his daughter during Christmas time, the Cape Crusader putting an innocent child in harm's way. Hashtag hero. Probably gets reintroduced with Super Freak playing. Get it? <laughs> Man, this scene is so oh, uncomfortable. So bad. Yeah. It's common, right? Common is in it. Yep. Yeah, and, oh <laughs> and we get our first look at Jared Leto's Joker, which totally wasn't retconned in a later movie because everyone hated it. And we get a scene in which Joker tries to get another guy to fuck Harley. And I guess he's the cuck prince of crime. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> and then he shoots the guy off screen because it's terribly edited and a lot of things happen off screen. Oh, man. <laughs> it's such a weird... Like, he... So he wants Common to bang Harley, and he doesn't want him to bang Harley. And there's a weird edit and a gunshot, and that's yep. the scene. It well, really I, means I, nothing. If I'm understanding what they're trying to say in this scene, it's the fact that he makes the comment about her. Um, Being like a bad and Joker bitch. takes it as disrespect. Yeah. So, yeah. you yes. know. Yeah. My, my favorite part in the in the next scene is the voiceover from Amanda Waller saying, oh, like she's crazier than the Joker. 
And the Joker drives the fucking car off of a bridge. <laughs> That's pretty goddamn crazy. Yep. What did I can't swim? Yeah, I can't swim. Uh, and it's weird this whole scene would be relayed to these other officials because it's unimportant. And then Batman chases Joker and Harley and they crash into the harbor. And then Batman punches out a woman that he's trying to rescue from the water. Hashtag hero. To, to be fair, that's a pretty cool scene. Well, I thought that was hilarious. Just, well, we know we know he's we know he's hashtag hero for one reason. So he, he's going. He actually tries to save her. She takes a swipe at him with a knife, and then he's Dexter. But he stayed. He stayed on her upper body. He, uh, what do you mean? He never went down. Uh, wait, when he goes to revive. Mark her? is making a cunnilingus joke. Get it? Yes. Oh, so well, Mark, you can't <laughs> resuscitate a person through uh, cunnilingus. Mouth I was making the whole connection where, where Batman's not allowed to do it in the. It, you don't you need know. to explain the joke. <laughs> we, uh, I, get, I get, get it. I get it, Mark. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say it was like, oh yeah, like he no. couldn't save her mouth to mouth. But at least he stayed. He stayed above the waist. So like, well, yeah, that's what you have to do to. <laughs> to resuscitate that's, someone that's where her lips are and then mark's like well not all of them and then it just get deeper and deeper into this hole and he's like well yeah batman does that because he's a hero and then it just keeps going like that yeah. and then then you know he's on make force. It or doesn't do that <laughs> because he's a hero right it's true uh captain boomerang has his own intro scene set to acdc and t gets stopped by the flash and then diablo he surrenders to the police, incinerated a whole prison yard full of people. Also, Killer Croc is there for some reason. But the best for last, quote-unquote, according to Amanda Waller, is June Moon, a former archaeologist that got possessed by a witch during an archaeological dig. She is under control of Waller because Waller has possession of her heart. Yeah, so, so June does the one thing that any self-respecting archaeologist would not do, is break a piece of... Um, item they find in a long forgotten cave yeah like it's definitely. completely her fault that she's possessed she pops yeah. that thing open just yeah popping a cork yeah imagine yeah. indiana jones doing that <laughs> just she also probably shouldn't be alone either like yeah probably not i feel like archaeologists they get like their trips funded and like these these institutions send an entire team but i right. guess that's not as cool right it's more along the lines of like in jurassic park Right, when they have the uh, the paleontologist, they have a whole team with them. It's not just yeah. Dr. Sattler and... Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, who's the other... Uh, I can't think of the other character's name. Alan Grant? Alan Grant, yeah. Alan Grant. It's not just the two of them digging up bones. Yeah. And it's a whole team, usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Waller also mentions that Rick Flagg, a special forces agent who fell in love with June Moon, is there. And Waller's plan is to make Flagg the commanding officer of this special team. So David Harbour and Amanda Waller go to the Joint Chiefs to detail their plan, including showing off the Enchantress. I will say it is a cool transition moment when yeah. she calls on Enchantress and the the dark the black hand comes from underneath and and turns over. That's kind of a cool moment. Um, yeah. In this in this That's movie, where the we're, coolest moment of Enchantress. Yeah. yeah. In this movie, where we're clutching yeah. at straws. It's weird yeah. because her her initial design at the beginning is actually pretty cool. And then they 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 shift to really bad CG on her mm-hmm. when well, the brother takes over. Yeah. Well, you 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 can't you can't hire Cara Delevingne for a movie and only have her not be in her model looks for only five minutes of the movie. 
It's, it, it just didn't look cool. It, it didn't look nearly as, as realistic. She was supposed to look sexy and hot, Dan. That was the whole point. And they in a bikini and all that. That Nothing, was. She looked hotter in the like the original getup. I thought in, in the new one, she's like all shiny and she looks like uh, what what was it? The M Night Shyamalan Lady in the Water kind of thing. <laughs> just like really bright blue. It looked weird. I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm into goth chicks too, Dan. Yeah, who, who isn't? <laughs> and they ha- show her off by stealing weapons plans from Tehran. And because of all this, Waller gets the okay. So Waller, Flag, and June go to Bell Rip Prison. I don't know why June is there. They meet with the prisoners. El Diablo is the only one that is less than cooperative. They bring Deadshot out to a firing range to see what he could do. He immediately pulls a gun on Ike Barinholtz, but doesn't believe it's loaded. So he fires around at the air in a surprise. So he goes ham on the targets, using all the guns and bullseyeing every shot. That uh, that wasn't Deadshot pulling his gun on Greg. That was Will Smith pulling it on Ike Barinholtz. <laughs> right, they were like, oh, we can't cut this. Um, let's make it part of the movie. Yeah. Do you think they have beef or something? Oh, I'm just making... No, I'm just Isn't... kidding. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Like, yeah, the, you, we can't have them in the same scene together for more than a few minutes. Yeah, so. it's, it's what it, it's what happened if The Rock and Vin Diesel were in Fast 10. Right. They'd have to keep cutting because they'd be throwing real punches at each other. Oh, man. Maybe it's because Ike Barinholtz cut Will Smith and went down on Jada Pinkett because he's not a hero. There you go. We'll all bring it all back together. We'll bring it all back. Say. We got it. Yeah, he, he, he was definitely with Jada. <laughs> yeah, we made that callback as quickly as uh, they make callbacks in this movie. <laughs> when they have the flashback scene 15 minutes after that scene occurred. Yep. Yeah. Later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Then Deadshot demands a lot from Waller in order to agree to any mission, including financial security for his family and an Ivy League education for his daughter. Rick Flagg goes to Waller and tells her he doesn't believe in the mission, that he could do this with a job, this job with special force units. And Waller tells him her plans are on a need-to-know basis. Then we cut to one of the, go- the Joker's goons comes to tell him that Harley has been sent to Bel Rev, which is in the, the Louisiana swamp, and the Joker tells him to bring the car around. They're going for a ride. And then he laughs, because it was either hilarious or ominous. In reality, the scene was neither. So... Ike Barinholtz is in some underground casino of sorts, and he owes the house a lot of money. So they take him to the back room and introduce him to the Joker, who acts real threatening to him, despite this being Jared Leto. This scene would have been much better with a better Joker. I think every scene with the... I think yeah. you can see that every time the, the Joker shows up, it's like, oh man, yeah, I wish there yeah. was a better Joker in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just in that in that moment with the... When he grabs his shoulders, yeah. you know, the Heath Ledger Joker... Or any even even uh Caesar you know Romero even Caesar Romero <laughs> they could have they could have they could have dug up his body and just like <laughs> animated his skeleton and just had like someone flapping the lips and it would have been a better Joker than Jared uh, it would have it would have fit much better in this movie too <laughs> hashtag release the Romero cut. I would love to see them desecrate <laughs> Cesar Romero's grave to make a movie with him as a Joker for one last time. Imagine if you're Jared Leto and you lose to the corpse of Cesar Romero. It's the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I, and, and again, we got more of Jared Leto five years later. How is yeah. that possible? But they also pretended like this version wasn't part of the plan the whole time. It was like, oh no, the whole plan was supposed to be... Um, he, we just went and just ripped off Heath Ledger's Joker. 
Right. And and he gets to talk about reach arounds. That's what the Joker does, right? Oh god. Uh, I saw I don't want to piss Dan off, but I do have to mention this because I saw somebody say that that was that's the best scene in any Batman movie that includes both Batman and the Joker. The reach and around that scene, that last scene. And it was it started the whole tweet started off with that's it. There's no debate. And oh. then it got ratioed with people debating that exact, <laughs> exact idea. I was like, well, yeah. no, actually, uh, what about the interrogation scene in the Dark Knight? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Like, that's an iconic scene in general now. Mm-hmm. It's like, tell me you don't know movies without telling me you don't know movies. Yeah. Just get off Zack Snyder's dick for fucking <laughs> one second. Just take a step back. Did, did have an outer body experience and just look at what you're doing to yourself. Did, did somebody say that? Like, hey, Zack Snyder's not going to fuck you, dude. <laughs> I hope he sees this, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rick Flag is in a hotel room with June and she summons the Enchantress in her sleep. And then she teleports into Amanda Waller's room. She can't get close to her heart. But she winds up stealing the idol that contains the spirit of her brother, then teleports to the subway for some reason and abducts a random commuter dude and puts her brother's spirit inside him. Then she tells her brother that the humans have turned against them. She then teleports back to the hotel room and she turns back into June and June tells Rick to kill her if he has to in order to stop the Enchantress. Back in the subway... The guy her brother has inhabited collapses, and when people try to come to his aid, the brother starts running people through with some sort of tentacle of sorts and then feeds off the electricity from the rails. So he's getting power from the electricity, so the Joint Chiefs set the plan in motion. All the prisoners get rounded up and get implants in their necks and transported away from Bell Rev. Ike Barrett-Holtz gives Harley a cell phone that he says is from the Joker, and Joker starts storming Bell Rev with a bunch of goons trying to, to find Harley. Meanwhile, I guess Rick Flagg and June Moon set out on their own in order to try and contain the monster terrorizing the subway, you know, the one that is currently being shot at by special forces and is bulletproof, and he forces June to turn into the Enchantress. And then, the most maddening thing in this movie, the Enchantress runs off, which is basically the inciting incident of the entire film, and it takes place entirely off-screen. This is the scene that they reference like 15 minutes later. It's um, a lot longer, and I forgot they did it. I forgot they actually do yeah. wind up showing you, because that's why I have it yeah. in my notes like this. But yeah, it's it's pretty maddening. Um, yeah. Waller checks in with Flag, and he tells her the Enchantress run offed. Uh, so Waller Wait, he, start... says, he says run offed. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if well, he could have that would have been a better movie if he did. <laughs> the Enchantress done run offed. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> So Waller starts stabbing the heart with maybe a pen, and I really think she should have thought about having an emergency instrument handy for a worst-case scenario, like a machete, a magnum, or even just a pair of some badass heels. So the Enchantress teleports to her brother, distressed from the stabs to the heart, and her brother just sort of does something to her in order to make the stabbing utterly meaningless and turns the Enchantress into Midna from Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Now Enchantress is in her final form, and she decides to build her weapon, which is some sort of beam of light that opens up some sort of portal slash vacuum in the sky, sucking things up in the portal. And now immediately they could use more metahumans on this team. And the Chitauri come out. Oh wait, no, that's a different movie. <laughs> uh, this is the mid 2010s when every superhero movie just had giant beam in the sky. Oh yeah. I, I watched Ghostbusters 2016 recently. Same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Same thing. Giant portal in the sky. Yeah. 
The team is brought to an airfield and are introduced to each other in the Special Forces team. And Scotty Eastwood is there to just stand around, I suppose. Oh, and Adam Beach shows up as another member of the team, but he didn't get an intro scene, which I'm sure doesn't have any bearing on how long he's going to last in this movie. The team gets their trunks full of personal effects, which are mostly just articles of clothing and maybe one or two weapons set to the real Slim Shady. Captain Boomerang has a stuffed unicorn, which you'd think would pay off at some point, uh, but it doesn't. And then we have the infamous Harley Quinn half-naked fan service, which I'm not complaining, to be honest. It just needs to be mentioned. El Diablo. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> Same here. I'm, I'm human. I'm a human heterosexual male. I can't say it doesn't work because it does. But and it, also everybody looks like even the women in the uh, in the army. Mm-hmm. Everyone stops to look and it's Margot Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody just broke character for that. Oh, damn. Right. And it's like, you remember, did you see her in Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a hell of a debut. <laughs> El Diablo makes his present known with his wet blanket nihilist view of the whole thing. But I just wanted to mention Question. him. Okay. So, it, you know, Bell Rev is home to like the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. If one guy, if you go to one guy like, hey, listen, we need you. No, I don't want to do it. Okay. Next person who has mild powers, I guess. Yeah. We'll get Polka Dot Man. Or <laughs> we'll get Kite Man. How about that? We'll get Kite Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's still a guy that shoots flames out of his uh, his hands. It's pretty useful. <laughs> oh, no, it's very useful. But if he's not going to do it, and he's just sure. going to, like you said, he's going to be a wet blanket the whole time. Uh, obviously, we as the audience know, yes, he's going to eventually use his powers, but they don't know that. Yeah, that's right. True. Why not get someone who is willing to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention him because if you told me that this was an original character created by David Ayer, I would believe you because East L.A. Latin Gangsters is the only thing David Ayer seems to know. And they FaceTime with Amanda Waller on an iPad, and she briefs them on terrorist activity in Mid-City. They have to infiltrate the city and extract that VIP, essentially escape from New York with no one nearly as charismatic as Kurt Russell. And then Will Smith says, hey, this is some sort of suicide squad with the same energy of Craig Robinson says Hot Tub Time Machine in the movie of the same name. They all load into a helicopter and Spirit in the Sky plays because it's bad luck to have a helicopter in a movie without playing Spirit in the Sky. Just ask John Landis. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good callback. It's a really good callback. I, I got to give you points for that one. <laughs> and then we're introduced I... to Katana for some reason. If there's a character that I completely forgot existed in the movie, it is Katana. And her backstory is reduced to Rick. Her backstory is reduced to Rick Flad painfully telling everyone else that her sword takes the souls of that those it kills. And Harley gets a message from the Joker on her Blackberry. The helicopter gets fired upon and the pilots are killed, causing the copter to crash land. This is the first helicopter crash in this movie, but everyone gets out okay. Oh, I was so hoping someone was going to die there. <laughs> should have been Adam Beach. It's like if you're going to kill him right. two minutes later, he should have died. And yeah. yeah, give him a little bit of a better send off. Yeah. The squad and a team of soldiers are now in downtown Mid-City, strolling the city, and Captain Boomerang convinces Slipknot that the bombs in their necks aren't real. So they try to escape, and Slipknot's head explodes. So despite what we just saw, the squad still tries to plan some sort of escape from Flag. They go further into the city and see the destruction. They come across hostiles with weird blueberry-looking heads. Flag tries to divert around them, but the hostiles attack, and we get an extended firefight scene as each of the characters fights them off. Flag gets dragged off by a few of these things, but Harley fights them off with the bat, despite the fact that she wanted him to die. Deadshot convinces her that if he dies, they die. And then Deadshot goes hand, mowing 
down all these faceless villains. The only one that doesn't fight is Diablo because he's a wet blanket. Then the other squad of soldiers is taken hostage by the weird alien things and are turned into more of the army by the Enchantress. As they move through the streets, Harley steals from a store display and Deadshot has a really long stare at some mannequins because it's all for his daughter, get it? Flag takes Deadshot aside and says that if Deadshot keeps the others in line, he'll put he'll pull strings to help Deadshot get what he, he wants for his family. Then Harley sees a motorcycle and has a flashback to the time she was killed. He, she was still Dr. Quinzel, and she was trying to prove she loved the Joker by shooting a truck driver. Did this scene happen in both? Did Mark? Did, do you remember this scene happening? Um, no, I, yeah. I everything with the fighting. I only remembered um, everything at the last battle. I remembered nothing. But of this, this of rescuing Waller. But did this did this happen in you in the movie in the version of the movie you watched where she sees the motorcycle and has a flashback to when she drives the motorcycle in front of the Joker's car? She crashes it, so he's got to stop, and they have to have a conversation. Oh no, I no. Okay, no recollection of that because it totally happened in my copy, and I never I don't remember it ever happening. So maybe it's an extended version or something. Yeah, also, there's I think- a, when I. When I had to, um, you know, rent it the way I did, um, there were two versions I could have gotten. Okay, so I must have yeah. watched the longer version. And An I'm pretty sure. Cut. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure Jared Leto is kind of doing a Jim Carrey impression in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I get. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So then Harley starts acting up, trying to get under everyone else's skin, and she's really annoying. They approach the tower where the extraction is supposed to take place. As everyone else is trying to be real quiet, Harley takes the elevator and immediately gets attacked by the faceless henchman goon things and she fights them all off in the elevator. Uh, She gets off the elevator. We're then treated to another firefight as the faceless things try to take flag again. As they're pinned down, Deadshot tries to get into Diablo's head in order for him to do something. And he finally does and fries the entire hallway full of weird-headed faceless alien goons. Uh, As they walk on, Harley gets another... Go ahead. Real quick. Will Smith says the word essay far too many times this movie. Yeah. He so, calls Diablo S.A. at least six or seven times. Is he allowed does to he, say does that? Does he say it with a hard R? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, he definitely says it in a condescending way. It's, yeah. it's never just like, hey, what's up, S.A.? No, it's, it's like, he what put do a you stank do on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah He's got that like, stank on it, the way like a white guy that wrote it would put it, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I grew up in East L.A., so I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, I've, got, I've got the S.A. free pass, right? We all called each other S.A., so <laughs> it's okay. Ask my friend Pablo. Yeah, and Michael sometimes Pen- Amigo. <laughs> when, we were, when we were filming End of Watch, Michael Pena told me I'm allowed to say S.A. <laughs> <laughs> and he as we know he That's speaks for every hispanic person uh, as he, they walk I, I could just imagine him saying like amigo in a minnesotan Minnesotan <laughs> accent yeah. hey there amigo <laughs> as they walk on harley gets another flash of her relationship with the joker because i guess they were forced to shoehorn him into this film in some way and this was the only one they could think that it would make any sense. And this scene is the part where Harley throws herself into the chemical vat at the Ace Chemical Factory. Yep, that was in my cut. They cut back. Um, They make it to the top of the tower, and Flag tells everyone to stay outside while he goes and gets 
the extraction target. And surprise, it's Amanda Waller, which wouldn't have been a bad twist if this whole movie wasn't so muddled and a bigger deal was made about it. Yeah, yeah. It, I remember seeing it in the theater, and I was like, why the fuck are we looking at this? Why, why wasn't it somebody more important, or why wasn't it set up to, like, why couldn't we see that it was her the whole time? I, I, you know? I like that twist. I just don't think it, I, it's, it's not the payoff it should be. You know, I, I don't think they really built it up to be that. No, way. that's the whole thing. It's like because you like halfway through, you forget why they're in the city. Really, they mentioned right, the yeah. they mentioned the VI, the VIP or whatever they called it. The HV seven is in in the city, and they we got to get them out. And then they never really talk about it again until we get to the tower. Mm. It's like it should be a bigger deal. Yeah. yeah, and then there's like secret plans, or like, right there, there's something that Rick Flag has their secret plans of, and it's like it's so, like you said, it's so muddled. I mean, what is the the, the direction we're going? Here, yeah, you know? and, and the problem is, is that we already know about the Enchantress as an audience. Yeah, right. And I, to be fair, I don't even think the Enchantress should have been included in the original Task Force X, uh, because. It, it's like the same thing with with D and D, right? If you if you, you never have someone in the party who's evil and they pretend not to be evil, and then like, oh, I was evil all along. That's kind of that's kind of a letdown. Here, so it's the same way. Wavy gravy, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, why we we know this is one of the most powerful people. We know she's going to be evil. Why would you include her in on anything? It it should be. It's she she finds this. She has this power, and she goes fucking ape shit. Yeah, it's the. It's the thing I bring up a lot in these movies. I can see them building the whole reason they need Enchantress in this movie is for that one scene where she steals the secret plans from Iran and that's how they get the plan going forward. I like, I think I think it does more for Amanda Waller's character. I think she it's yeah. showing her hubris is that she thinks she can control this thing that she doesn't really understand because she's mm-hmm. such a badass. Um Yeah, and and that makes sense with her still having the brother in her in the room, not locked up or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. just like, I'm gonna fuck. I've got her heart. She's gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Right. Um, yeah, and that she's makes gonna, more she, sense. She's gonna be my minion, basically, because that's what exactly what she does to Deadshot at the end. She's like, I'll. She it, more or less, she has his heart, and she's trying to use that to hit her advantage again. With you know, you want to see your kid? I can make that happen. Just shoot Harley Quinn. So you know? in essence, she's not a badass because no one ever does what she says. I mean, she does pretty fucked up things, and I think that makes her a badass. But I think you know uh, her plan makes her, makes her evil. <laughs> I think she she oh she overestimates how much of a badass she is and how much power she has over certain people at certain times. Yes, sure. And and it's funny that I you know I, now that I mention it, Amanda Waller kills more innocent people in this movie than the fucking bad guys do <laughs> that's man that, that's not a good look <laughs> yeah how many how many innocent people in two movies how many innocent people does harley quinn kill i don't think any uh she kills the truck driver well i i in my in version, version of the movie she <laughs> kills the truck driver right and even in birds of prey everyone she kills are you know black masks goons yeah i she might not even have a kill in that movie. I think they make a specific point that like when she goes into the police station, she they make a specific point that she injures a lot of people, but she does oh. not she does not kill anybody. Yeah, non-lethal weapon pretty much, yeah. right? She's like shooting beanbags at these guys. Yeah, she's like yeah, breaking arms, breaking kneecaps, but she's not killing anybody. Right. She's Batman. Just Well, yeah, what it, Batman should be. Well, 
I guess, yeah. Uh, he does go after crooked cops, Batman. Right, and he kills that. people in the Zack Snyder universe now. In the Zack Snyder that's universe, canon. Yes, that's that canon, true. right? That is, that is very canon, yeah. He gets the character. Uh, yeah. But yeah. She, <laughs> none well, if you these... read the comics, bro, he's killed before. <laughs> In 1939, dude, he had a gun. All right. So and if you and if you interpret the end of Killing Joke the way the way they intended, <laughs> he snaps he's supposed neck. to. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Just uh. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. He. Not you, Anthony. Right. I'm. I'm the the the, the people you're there's, making fun of. Yeah. There's plenty of situations where. You would tell Anthony to fuck off, but this is not one of them. <laughs> I'm, usually, I'm usually pretty even keel with uh, uh, with my fuck offs. I save it for for special people. Um, uh, yeah, no one innocent one one innocent person dies in the movie, and that's the informant, right? From the beginning, Deadshot yeah. kills someone who's innocent. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone else innocent is killed. Right, we don't know why he's an informant. He could also be a murderer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe he stiffed the mafia or whatever. He's, I don't know. He's the closest to innocent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, as far as we know. Yeah, the, and, these these mass and, murderers. And Diablo could have also killed a uh, in that flashback a bunch of nonviolent offenders that probably I mean, he does part of the prison system. Right. I mean, he kills prison. his what his own wife and kids, so he's got right. blood yeah, in his so hands. He does. Regardless, also when he kills his wife and kids with fire, and the wife is perfectly fine yeah i don't know how that worked out but okay. i guess she's suffocated maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh smoke inhalation yeah she's <laughs> she's the best looking person that's ever died in a fire <laughs> <laughs> right. i i also had written down why did he have to have the skull tattoos prior to him becoming el diablo <laughs> you're gonna tell me some sane woman started a family with that <laughs> right. guy that should have been like gets... yeah there should have been his like his descent into you know exactly. repentance you know after he killed his own wife and it's just like i have to wear my sins on my face or whatever you know exactly and then she's surprised that he's smuggling guns and drugs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i'm gonna do woman get a desk job with this face <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm a banker. Yeah. <laughs> My nine to five, I'm a banker. <laughs> Welcome to TD Bank. How can I help you today? I'll just wait for the next available teller. Sorry, guy, I'm good. Yeah, it's it's such it's such a weird <laughs> character trait. Like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this man with a skull tattooed on his face. That's <laughs> what could possibly go wrong. It's El Diablo, the real estate agent. You see, like his face on billboards. <laughs> face on, the park, and... on the park bench. <laughs> It's like a, a suit and tie with his arms folded and just this, this skull face. I like. Uh, I hate to judge, obviously, a book by its cover, but you're not making it easy on me. Yeah, it's like you're either gonna be a SoundCloud rapper or you're gonna deal drugs, and it's you know those aren't mutually exclusive either. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just man, that that is some choice you, you made there, bud. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like you, you know, like there's some states and cities where like if you go in for an abortion, you have to have like a talk with a counselor and then you have to wait like 48 hours before you can actually get it done. That should be that should be the case for like face tattoos. Like you you have have to speak to a counselor and you have to come back in 48 hours if you still want it. Yeah, Yeah. it's like like, you sure you want to do this? Like, 
It's pretty permanent. <laughs> <laughs> so you're okay with not having like a decent job, I suppose. <laughs> you're, you're you're okay with like, really narrowing your 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 job field. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? All right, let's do this. It's like let's just fast forward holiday time. Your family. It's like oh, let's get a holiday portrait. Now that you got that on your face. So they're gonna, you're gonna be the person asked to take the picture from now on. <laughs> and then Amanda Waller kills everybody in the room. And the squad is pissed that this whole mission was to save Waller, but they can't do shit about it because she still has the controls of the trackers. They head to the roof to board the chopper, but it's hijacked by none other than the Joker. He starts firing on everyone, and one of the Joker's men manages to disarm Harley's tracker, and she jumps onto a rope that he throws down to her. Waller offers Deadshot his freedom to shoot Harley, but he quote unquote misses the shot. And then Waller just calls in a strike on the chopper anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he values Harley Quinn over his daughter, essentially. Yeah. I I think he he doesn't believe that he's actually gonna get his freedom. That's a good point. They, he doesn't you know, trust Waller would, at this point. That would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. The chopper gets hit and the Joker romantically, for some reason romantically, tosses Harley out of the chopper to save her and the helicopter goes down. Second chopper to go down in this movie. Uh, Just like the Joker we all know and love. Yep. Uh, only shown as abusive throughout the rest of the movie and then he throws her out to save her life. Consistency. Yeah, it's, it's it's so weird, right? I mean, he abuses her as Harley Quinzel, but Harley is the nicest Joker ever he, he mm. does anything for her and in, in birds of prey it's like oh I, I got so tired of him abusing me. i mean unless something has gone on between the movies that we're not aware of he treated her like again like his queen yeah yeah but again yeah it, it doesn't it's not consistent like you said mm-hmm. i also think this was another thing that was changed i do i believe from what i remember the original cut or the original plan for this moment was that he they were going to get into a fight or something on the chopper and he was going to he's going to push her out from what i remember correctly okay that would be better right because that's more in line with the joker that usually is so he's very uh, manipulative of harley and then just he he uses her mm-hmm yeah, definitely. Um, so then Waller gets into the next chopper, and that one gets knocked out of the air by one of those faceless tentacle dudes. And that's the third chopper to hit the ground. And they take the wall. They take Waller back to the Enchantress. Flag sends the team to try and the team to try and find her. And Harley's back. The Waller is brought to the Enchantress, and Enchantress is reunited with her heart. Meanwhile, Deadshot finds Waller's top secret binder. He finds out all about the mission and makes Flag tell everyone about the Enchantress, which I don't really know what we gain from this scene. Because uh, we're are, they're already in the shit. Like, why do we have to have this moment? It's like, oh, well, we're actually going to fight the Enchantress. You got those yeah. mean shit to you guys. Right. Yeah, they, they never met her. Yeah. And then they branch off and go for a drink. And this is the commiseration scene where they all feel bad for themselves. And Diablo tells them about how he killed his wife and kids because he lost control. And this is where Harley Quinn says that normal is just a setting on a dryer. <laughs> Classic Harley. Yeah, we uh, we learned something in this movie, and that's all you can say. <laughs> We're all better for it, too. Uh, yeah, flag... he, he, she tells him to own it. Like, oh, yeah, I killed my wife and kids. Own it. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll just take that. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to start. Start that off with every conversation. Hey, did you know that I killed my wife and kids? Right, <laughs> real icebreaker. Like, what? What does it? What does it mean to own that? 
in this right. situation. You know, like I, I, I remember in in Game of Thrones when Peter Dinklage's character is talking to Kit Harington's character about how he's a bastard, and he's like, "If you wear that like a suit of armor, no one could hurt you." Is is that what she means? Yeah, like, hey, just like people are gonna make fun of you for murdering your family. Just like kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of use it. Yeah, use that it to your advantage. Be. I can't think of yeah. any other I, way. I killed my wife and kids. What do you think I would do to you? Is, you could say you that. Know, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that that would be the best. I guess the best possible way, right? If you wanted to be threatening, but yeah, you're nobody. I yeah. killed my actual family. Yeah, mm. she she thinks like a uh, a really high end sociopath, like. I use all these terrible things I've done to, you know, make people afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially, I think, works, I think that works for evil people, and he's not evil, right? He's more. I think he was the reluctant villain in a way. He was born right. with the power. Yeah, he didn't want that. Whereas Harley and the others decided to become villains. Mm-hmm. I think it was more thrust upon him in a way because he didn't want to kill his family. But he, I think even people might know that. Like, yeah, I yeah. killed my family. What about it? Like, well, you didn't mean to, bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared of you. <laughs> and then he sits you on fire. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> right. right. He would absolutely murder. <laughs> uh, so then Flag comes in, destroys the tracker remote, and tells them all that he was in love with the Enchantress. And then he gives Deadshot a whole bunch of letters from Deadshot's daughter. That were never given to him. This is the best moment that Captain Boomerang has because he says, "You all, I'm not track, tracking you guys anymore. Um, do whatever." And then, like, he immediately leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I, why was why did Flag have all of those letters with him? I don't know. Maybe he was going to use it as collateral or leverage. It's so weird. Yeah. You carry letters everywhere you go. <laughs> Yeah, I like to hang on to these just in case. (laughs) It gives me a power over you that you didn't even realize I had. And it makes me feel like a big man. (laughs) Right. You're already hanging it over his head that he'll get to see his daughter. What do you need the the, the letters for? He's like always just dying to tell him too, but he's like got to keep it a secret. Like, oh man, I know something good. <laughs> it's so it's so weird. It's just such a strange thing to carry with you into a war zone. Yeah, yeah this hitman's daughter's letters that he writes <laughs> instead of extra bullets or a tactical <laughs> vest. <laughs> I'm gonna carry these letters, these precious letters. He he had to leave behind a couple of grenades because his ba- his bag was too too full. Right, and oh, I wish it would have come back and bit them in the ass at the end. <laughs> oh, this is where my one grenade would have been. <laughs> But I had all of your daughter's letters and <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Did you so, see your face? <laughs> <laughs> so Deadshot oh. says that he's going to get Flag to the end game, even if he's got to drag his ass there. And everyone else falls in line. They do some recon on the Enchantress and her brother, and they start, start to formulate a plan. Flag mentions that there's an explosive in a nearby flooded tunnel in the subway that they could set set below the Enchantress's brother. So the SWAT team and Killer Croc go into the tunnel while the rest of the team start to approach the giant light beaming into the sky. They try to hide, but the Enchantress senses them all and tells them that she can offer them everything they all want in life. So Deadshot sees himself killing Batman. Harley sees her having a normal life with the Joker. Diablo sees himself back with his wife and kids still alive. Then Diablo shakes everything. Okay. 
I was I was more freaked out by non makeup Jarrett Leto. Oh yeah, he looks like actual. his character. He looks like his character from American Psycho. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what he looked like, and that is far scarier than this joke. Yeah, <laughs> this Joker character. <laughs> and then Diablo shakes everything, everybody out of their trance, and they all go to attack the brother. After most of them fail, Diablo goes nuclear, turning himself into some sort of fire god, and starts fist fighting with the brother and beating the shit out of each other. But eventually his power starts to go, but he tells Flag to set off the detonator. And they do. And the SWAT guys are maybe casualties of the blast. Um, <laughs> but it kills the brother. Like, uh, like Eastwood, Scott Eastwood is right there when it goes off. I don't know how he gets out of that. How, how, and how weird is it? Your most powerful character, he, he has this, he, that was like the coolest moment of the I thought. I remember, in, I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he could do that. He turns into like an Aztec god. Yeah, and I guess he's fighting a Sumerian god. I don't know what the what enchantress is, mm. but they're having this fist fight. And he loses. Yeah, he's like he uh, it's like in Super Mario where like when the the star runs out at like the most inopportune time. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's not cool. <laughs> what are you doing, Ayers? Like he should have won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's a lot cooler to see the explosion. Yes, but it, uh, well, because then Killer Croc's whole swimming thing is negated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to sacrifice El Diablo so we could <laughs> watch the Academy Award-winning makeup of Killer Croc. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know how that went up against Star Trek, which has actual fucking alien prosthetic makeup. I can't believe it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we got to see we got to see that was like his time to shine moment you know he's like yeah i live underground visit okay bane relax <laughs> <laughs> it, that's not as cool as you think it sounds you've merely adopted the darkness yeah exactly yeah that, that's exactly what they were going for <laughs> so enchantress is less powerful but she uses the weapon to destroy a whole bunch of satellites so i guess that was her end game <laughs> and Enchantress and the squad fight. Enchantress needs swords for some reason. Then Killer Croc comes out of the the out the uh, tunnel and he joins the fight. After a few minutes of fighting, Enchantress gives them one last chance to join her or die. So Harley says, "Hey, that sounds like an idea. Sure, let's do it." And it's a double cross as Harley takes the moment of Enchantress's guard down to grab one of the swords and slice into her chest and remove the heart. And Rick Flag has to remind us that that's a good thing. So Croc heaves an explosive device at the Enchantress and Deadshot lines up to take the shot as a final Hail Mary and the Enchantress makes him see his daughter to try and stop him from pulling the trigger. But he does and it blows up and the weapon is destroyed. Then after the dust has settled, the Enchantress pleads for Katana to kill her so she may join her brother, which that would be a bad idea because if Katana killed her, then her soul would go into the sword and then she would never be with her brother. But... Regardless, Flag stops her anyway, demands her to release June or he'd crush the idol of her, I guess. Which, could they have done that the, when she didn't have her heart in there? Maybe the whole time? Um, that would have been a nice little... Like, like, we went through all of that. We could have just destroyed the idol. Yeah. And she tells him he doesn't have the balls, so he crushes it and she dies. And then June comes out of the Enchantress like Dana Barrett comes out of the dog at the end of Ghostbusters. And then Amanda Waller shows up out of nowhere and tells them that they're back under her control with 10 years off of their sentences. And they make additional demands, and they're more or less frivolous. Deadshot gets to spend time with his daughter. Harley gets an espresso machine in her cell. Killer Croc gets BET in his cell. Man, David Ayer, 
Just the <laughs> just going over boundaries of race to make this movie. Uh, and Boomerang gets nothing. And then a hole blows through the wall of the prison and firefights ensues. And it's the Joker busting Harley out of prison. And then credits. And then there's a mid credit scene of Amanda Waller meeting Ruth Bruce Wayne and gives him a dossier of metahumans to set up everyone's favorite movie, the theatrical version of Justice League. That's the Ooh, end of the movie. Great. Yay. We did it, guys. Um, Again, you know, speaking like usually with DC, you can spot a stinker like a mile away, right? Like when we all saw the Justice League coming, we knew there was no hope for that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's same thing with like with Wonder Woman eighty four. It's like, ooh, this does not look like it's going to be any good. Uh, I, I I was fooled with with Suicide Squad. I really was. I I, I thought the. I thought this movie was going to be fun, at the very least. I didn't know if it was going to be any good. I was like, you know what? I think it'll be fun. It looks like it had, you know, Will Smith and Margot Robbie. It should be interesting. And Suicide Squad is really... Again, they're they're mercenaries, and they're always tasked with these impossible jobs. But they don't take on metahumans. They don't take on... If, if your whole point is, if God comes down tomorrow and decides he's going to take over the USA, let's send in... The guys from They Called This. That's essentially what you're doing. Because we would stand just as good as chance fighting Superman as they would. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the old adage is, you know, um, in any kind of uh, world building or anything is always start small. Like have them fight a or have a smaller task in the opening movie. Like you think like... Um, if you even want to go as far as the beginning of like the MCU, it, what's Iron Man one? What's you know what's the villain in that that he's taken on? You know, even Avengers. You know, mm-hmm. compared to what happens later. You know, right? It, in you know, in the sense that in this movie they didn't have to go all the way to a metahuman that wanted to take over the world. Um, with these guys that have never had any luck against people that Enchantress are probably just as you know as powerful of. Hell, half of them get kidnapped by a rich man with a bat fetish. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and you also see them get their asses kicked by uh, by guards, by prison guards. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, this is your team. Yeah. Not not great. Not 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 a great. I agree with you, Mario. I think one hundred percent. You start small. Uh, may, again, maybe yeah. Maybe there's a. There's a there's a general like in this new movie like yeah you're gonna go kill this guy or there's an extraction but you're not dealing with ancient Sumerian gods yeah and even if you wanted something weird like what the previews are showing of the new movie and you have a giant starfish Starro you know Starro as the <laughs> as a, as a something they battle in the movie you know it's like all right that's cool and fun but you can see them with actual weapons be able to take down this person or that mm-hmm. creature. Yeah. Not a not a witch from ten thousand years ago or whatever, you know, that can, can control people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. these, these guys aren't. You know, Captain Boomerang is not taking down that person. I'm so I'm hoping, and if this happens in the Suicide Squad, if they kill off Jai Courtney in the first <laughs> thirty minutes, it's a ten out of ten. <laughs> it, it will be my new favorite comic book of all time. There you go. 
<laughs> I know James Gunn is out to appease me, obviously, but I, I'm hopeful because we don't see Captain Boomerang in many of the credits or in many of the uh, the trailers. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, he, he his head explodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is, I don't really have much more to say about this movie. That's um, it. You guys yeah, want to plug? I think your we shit? already said how we would make it better. Yeah. Or in the first half, so I think yeah, yeah. I, I think that's enough for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> guys, plug your shit. And George, by the way, uh, oh, by the by the way, I did watch the extended version. I was just looking up what was different. I did. I, I so, so yeah, I I want to see that scene just because I'm I'm just curious. But uh, anyway, uh, at Diaquino122, that's my personal Twitter account, where I will fight you about the Snyder cut and the Ayer cut at the same time. Uh, I also uh, run the Real Play D and D Stranger Damies Twitter account. That's at Stranger Damies. So yeah, I'll fight you on there too. I'll, I'll fight you on both fronts, man. I don't give a shit. I, I'm <laughs> choosing violence. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, if we we update our schedule there. Info on the episodes where you can find us. Yeah. So uh, come join along. And and remember, you can you can fight Dan at any local Denny's or IHOP, whatever's yeah. closer to you. Come on, I, man. I hop. It's really got to go down at the Waffle House. Who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, any any purveyor of uh, breakfast foods, really, <laughs> uh, I will meet you there, and we, yeah, we'll we'll throw down. I don't, I don't know. I don't give me a time and a place. I don't know the uh, the fights Dan want to have seem like they would just be laughed out of a Waffle House. <laughs> Who wants to fight me? Because <laughs> you 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 fight over comic books. To be fair. I think most people come together at Waffle House. Yeah, you know, so that's like you've been that's... to a Waffle House, man. Half, half of the I, I... Half, half of the World Star videos take place at a Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're I not promoting remember... Waffle House though. So I remember Anthony Bourdain saying that in <laughs> in an episode of his, <laughs> his show. Like this is where people come together at two o'clock in the morning. Uh... Yeah. So anyway, um, Stranger Damies uh, podcast airs every other Wednesday. Um, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts. Please uh, give us a review, five stars. Um, uh, go ahead, Darren. And as Dan mentioned, we're on all socials at Stranger Damies. Um, we have our movie podcast, uh, The Game Vault Pod. Um, I'm sorry, The Gaming Podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, that's us. They call this movie. Yep. Sorry, I do the spiel on like six different shows, and I got to remember which one not to mention in the in the spiel as I'm reading it. Um so we have our gaming podcast, um, the Game Vault Pod, and that airs uh, every other Monday. Um, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod, uh, where we stream about four to five nights a week. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, be sure to, you know, like and, and subscribe, you know, over the Twitch and the YouTube. Um, we're going to start be putting some exclusive YouTube videos up um, that won't be on streaming. Um, sometime over the next couple months here, we're planning some actual uh pre-taped videos that aren't live streaming so tom's already got one up there that's pretty cool where he shows his setup uh for all his retro games so more stuff like that in the future and all also more games coverage there as well coming soon um yeah so so just look out um for all that stuff and uh keep an eye on uh the twitter the 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 game vault pod as we're uh changing up some of our our shows that will that run on the uh uh, the days we normally run, we're switching up games, switching up formats. So uh, just keep an eye on the um, the Twitter to see which specific games we are playing and uh, come hang out with us. 
Okay, great. And this is They Called This Movie. You can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast just by searching They Called This Movie. We're the mainname.com. That's our main website. That's where you can find them in the mainname.com and on all socials just by searching the main Damien. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search the main Damien and we'll pop right up. We are a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely a show for you. They Call This Movie is on TikTok. Just look for They Call This Movie. You can find us, post some videos exclusively on there. If you have a suggestion, you could hit us up at the main name at gmail.com. You could suggest some movies, just generally talk to us. That'd be great. Um, and if you have a second and you want to give us a five-star review, you do that on any podcatcher that you do. It would really help us out, get us seen, get more eyes on the show. And that's going to wrap it up for us this week. The director of the Suicide Squad is David Ayer, as much as he doesn't want it to be. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling David Ayer, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? 